interesting description on that ball. It is an interesting description, but I'll tell you what, I've had worse session best bitters. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty decent actually, it's not too bad. Anyway, well, you're dying to hear about my trip to Dublin. But Abs- absolutely. The, let's, um, let's have it, let's have it all. Right, disappointment. Breaking news. Guinness doesn't taste any different. <laughs> just, just, no. Just... No, it doesn't taste any different in Dublin. It's a load of bollocks. Um, I've believed that myth for like the last 25 years and I tried it in four or five different places and no. It, it tastes, tastes the same every time? Yes. <laughs> so it didn't taste bad. It, it was well made, well kept, well delivered. Yeah. I drunk it, but I didn't think, ooh, this is worth an extra half a mark on untapped. Yeah. So, no. So, you, so you've had a bit of a beer epiphany then? I have had a beer epiphany and I'm a bit disappointed about it, to be honest. Oh, no. I can, well, yeah, I can actually sense the disappointment well, in, your, you know, in your tone. got my Irish heritage. Guinness is what we drink on St. Patrick's Day and it's a bit of a default beer at times. Yeah. Because you know that, okay, because you know what you're going to get with Guinness, don't you? Yes, Absolutely. And I'm thinking, okay, in Dublin, let's have the Guinness. I, I tried it on in the the first pub I tried it in was a recommendation from um, Wayne of Irish Beer Snob fame, and um, very nice pub, very well delivered pint, but didn't taste any difference when I have it in Holloway on St Patrick's Day in London. <laughs> so what was uh, Guinness not tasting the same aside? What what was the the highlight of your weekend in Dublin? Uh, Beer-wise, was definitely the Galway Bay double IPA going out west. Uh, very, very dangerously drinkable, west coast. It says dipper. I can necessarily leap out and say it was more of a dipper than an IPA at 7.8%. Yeah. But also at 7.8%, I could have done a few larger measures than the samples I was doing. Yeah. Definitely, that was a fantastic beer. But I tried... I recommend Brew Dock, which was just 30 seconds from the hotel, which was blinding. Uh, I reckon I did about, in the end, I t- sampled all their beers on keg because you could do them as a sampling mm-hmm. paddles. And um, they were all nice. There was a, um, they did a collab with uh, Cigar City, a sour. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was nice. Any good? Yeah, yeah. We even got one or two of the guys to try it as well and didn't kill them. And your mates aren't? My mates aren't craft. crafty. They're not craft drinkers. No, though. they're not crafty yeah. people. They're not crafty people. But uh, they, but they like the bar. Okay, it's it's a lovely place, Brewdock. I've, yeah. I've been there a few times. It's a yeah. lovely bar. Yeah. Um. So it did spark their interest a little bit. But yeah, the actual the actual bar itself was really good. Went to the beer market, another another one of theirs. Um. But that was more en route to somewhere else or from back. No, coming back from uh, Open Gate. Went to the oh, okay. Open Gate. Yeah. Brewery over at Guinness, and. Uh, they you you pay um, six euros and you get a, a four paddle sample from the and you can choose your four from the board. Okay. I tried a few. The the highlight from that was definitely for me was the uh, Imperial Dunkelweiss, which is about eight percent odd. Nice dark wheat beer, dry finish, really lovely flavour. Um, was looking forward to the Antwerp and Stout, but didn't really work for me. I just found it a bit too sweet. Okay. What what makes it an Antwerp and no idea stout. no idea so if anyone wants to tell me um, I should have asked Wayne really because I know that he tried it when he went over there a yeah. couple of weeks ago so I should have asked him in advance um, but it didn't quite work for me but the actual space itself at the Open Gate Brewery was excellent it's like their experimental arm and the bit where they do their small batches mm. and I think probably where they hold events as well over there they've got you know some of the brewer, the, the fermenting vessels small versions compared to the ones which have got Guinness outside and uh, some 
wooden barrels and some nice uh, like scaffolding and tables. It's all very nicely laid out. A little bit edge of town. So if anyone who's listening is planning on visiting there, plan your route back. Okay. It's a top tip from us yeah. who went to Dublin and didn't plan our route back. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in comparison, uh, my week has been a, another week full of shit beers trying to get badges on untapped. Um, oh, yeah, for, uh, for Badge Quest. <laughs> in, in, in the final week of, of Badge Quest for the Big Berry Night. Um, other than that, the only other thing I did, uh, which you can listen to the result of uh, on the end of tonight's show, I, uh, I went and interviewed the guys behind Hofmeister. Um, ah, okay, cool. So they, they invited me over to a bar. Uh, we sat down, we had a few glasses of Hofmeister, and we had a chat about um, their reasoning uh, behind bringing that, that brand back. So um, that's on the end of this week's show uh, as, as an interview if people want to hang around. and Okay, and nice was, way to close off the, the, the Follow the Bear we did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was only fair, seeing as we built a whole show around their brand and then didn't actually really mention it or their beer. Yeah. And, and we ended up talking about branding... In general. In, in general. And so I thought it was only fair to go over and have a chat to, to them. And it's, uh, there's some interesting stuff in there, so, so make sure you, you give that a listen. Um, and that's that's really it for, for my week, mate. I've, I've had a quiet one. Yeah. Well, you've drunk a lot. I've, I've drunk a lot. I've drunk a ridiculous amount. To get badges. Amount. And after, after this evening's recordings... I'm I'm off of it and for, for a week. I just I need to give my liver a, a rest, um, which is probably a good segue to talk about what we've got in our glass uh, for our first beer this evening. So um, this was one that, that that you brought to the table. Yeah, uh, when I was up in uh, Milton Keynes visiting my folks a few months ago, um, I made a point of going to the MK Beer Garden, which is a new craft beer shop and bar, which is opened a few miles outside of Milton Keynes Centre, and. Um, just perusing the shelves as you do, and uh, saw a, a range of beers from a Northampton brewer called Nobby's, and uh, picked up a few of their ones. Uh, tried the Pilsner earlier before we uh, mm-hmm. before we came in air, Steve, which I thought it was quite a nice, refreshing. Yeah, it's easy enough to drink. Started started off the evening quite nicely, yeah. and uh, we're, we're drinking the best bitter now, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's quite nice actually. It's not got that real twiggy, grassy, earthy feel to it, although it's got a very lovely copper colour. It has, but it doesn't have that copper characteristic that you tend to get from Best Bitters sometimes that, that can taste a little bit coppery. I mean, it's 3.6%, 3.8%, 500ml bottle. Um, lovely looking bottle, actually. Uh, a fine session owl with an excellent hop finish. And I'd, I'd have to go as far as agreeing with that. I think the finish on it is it's kind of sweet, uh, a little bit floral. It's definitely lacking any twigs or wood. Yeah, you get a bit of the, maybe, I don't know, the caramel coming through, perhaps. Yeah. There's a little bit of that, but not overpowering, not cloying. And it is a dry finish, actually. Yeah, very very much so. So, uh, yeah, I'm quite pleased with the, the, the results of two out, two out of three we've pick, I've picked up so yeah, far. Yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got one more to do tonight, which we'll get on to in, in due course. Um, I thought we uh, we could jump into the news now and, and, and get that out of the way, and, and then we'll, uh, we can get on to the main focus of, of this week's show. So... Um, not not being one that's shy around self promotion, the first story for this week's news is is the big beery night that that we hosted uh, last week. Um, as things stand, as as we recalled, we've currently raised four thousand two hundred eighty one pounds and forty pence for for Macmillan Cancer, uh, which has been a great effort by everybody involved. Over two thousand one hundred pounds of that came from the auction that that we ran on the evening. We saw some of the lots go for incredible money. 
in, in, in there, the particular highlights being the, the, the £300 bid on, on the Cloudwater lot and the £330 bid on the, the, the bottles of dusty old beer from, from certain people's cellars. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that's got involved in that and has donated money. No, it's brilliant. Well I, 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 I couldn't follow it all because I was out in Dublin. But the odd one or two messages which I did pick up and did read seemed to be yeah. going really well, if not a bit hectic. It was a bit hectic. Um, many thanks to, to Clayton, who was here helping me um, run the evening and, and doing his best to fuck up my Twitter feed for the evening. Um, but I, I probably couldn't have done the evening without Clayton's help. And he was kind of behind the scenes contacting people once they had won the lot and making sure they were donating. So cheers for that, mate. I do appreciate it. Um, next up on this week's news, and I, I don't know if we can just continue to call this news anymore. Um, there's there's a new Cloudwater Dipper. No. No. No, no really? No. Okay. So that's not news anymore. No. Okay. Sorry, Cloudwater. We love your beers. But, yeah, we do love your beers, um, but I don't think it's we, not otherwise we'll have to every month. Well, one a month, not newsworthy anymore. Um, so the Kilt Experience beers are back uh, and will be available for Christmas. So... Uh, some people might know that the Kilt Experience from Wales... Um, yeah, I thought they closed. They did. They closed down in May. They ceased production in May. Um, interestingly, and this ties in a little bit to tonight and some other shows as well, um, the business was acquired by James Buckley, seventh generation of Buckley Brewing Family and production manager of the Evans Evans Group. So basically it's somebody that's bought a brand to, to add to their portfolio. Um, so uh, Mr Buckley described the chance to buy the brand as a golden opportunity um, so their beers will be back in time for Christmas for, for people that have enjoyed drinking kelp beers in oh, it'll be pot. interesting to, to hear what people think I hadn't drunk enough of them to know if they'll taste different but yeah. some fans of kelp beers when they haven't been interesting to hear what they think I've, I've had a few but like I say they're not necessarily haven't always been one that I've gone back to time yeah. and time again so just to echo what you're saying yeah yeah. if people have got any views on that let us know um, just uh, some more product news here so um, Beer School A Crash Course in Craft Beer uh, which is a new book by the guys from the Craft Beer Channel hmm. um, should have bought that before the show we should have done yeah <laughs> <laughs> is is available um, from the 22nd of November. Um, so you can get that on Amazon and other good bookshops. Um, probably well worth a, a read. I know the guys have already started writing book two uh, as well. So obviously in anticipation of book one being such a, such a success. Or, Congratulations to them. Or maybe it's already had that many pre-sales <laughs> that they can, they can afford to write book two. Um, but no, well, well done on that, guys. And uh, we'll certainly look forward to, to giving that a read. Um, and then just finally on this week's news, Fullers have announced their pub of the year, um, which is, uh, the, so the Griffin Trophy goes to the Hydrant, um, which is a monument, um, a place that, I know we've had a beer well, in Yeah, before. we visited there, yeah. Um, it's kind of a new style Fullers bar, Yeah, definitely, one, they one called it, bar and, I think it was Fullers Bar and Kitchen or something, I think it was what it was called. Yeah. It was under that, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, I think it's a good thing. Um, it's very much in keeping with what was there before, with like the fine line which was there before. It's definitely a, a bar to suit the city. Yeah. Uh, but they did have some good beers on um, on keg. Not that many off fullers on cask, if I remember correctly, though. No, a few. Yeah. Probably your standard yeah. sort of London Pride. And, and maybe Oliver's Island. They keep trying to push down my throat. Yeah. Um, but it, it would be I, I think that was probably the one observation I, I had the one time I went in there was that it, 
they could have had a few more of the Fullers range on yeah. the last. I don't think we. Well, I think we may have had one Fullers and the rest we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, but you know. Good, yeah, but it's a very good looking yeah. bar. It's very nice. It's well worth a visit. Okay, so I suppose that brings us on to. Opinions, 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 opinions. Does craft beer really need a definition? Which is one that I think we've been maybe. I don't know if we've been skirting around. No, I've been avoiding. Avoiding. If I'm being honest, um, I've been avoiding it purposely not getting into uh it's uh, you, you see that we actually avoided asking the question should we define like what is the definition yeah, of craft beer i'm glad about that and and actually went for does craft beer need a definition so let's let's see what what twitter thought this week um 282 people voted on the poll so one of the highest numbers that's so, pretty, so that's far on a pretty impressive numbers poll. yeah um, we have three options. We had yes, no, and oh, for fuck's sake. Um, I'd say it was an overwhelming victory in the camp of no and for fuck's sake. So 45% of people voted for for fuck's sake, 33% of people voted for no, and only 22% of people voted for yes. And I have to say that those that voted for yes were very not weren't very forthcoming in then having opinions as to why they voted for yes. It's yeah. mostly the people that voting against. Yeah, we can come to that, I reckon. But I, I, I'm not surprised we ended up with people saying we don't need to or why the, why the hell are you even asking this question? Why Why is that, do you think? From from your view, why? why? I think it's because of the... I, I hate to use the, the word bubble, but the the people who listen to the show the people who follow the show on twitter the people that we know probably feel fairly confident on either that they feel that the word craft they know roughly what it means and or they simply don't care which i think will be borne out by some of the comments we've we've seen so i think there's a lot of people who the, the ones who did yes probably generally would like it to be done but don't feel they can be eloquent about that in 140 characters on Twitter. Yeah. Because I know a couple of people who definitely said yes because it would help them, but they can't then say that. Um, it's an interesting point you make there about 140 characters on Twitter because there was one response that came from uh, Mark at Million Bevs that clearly 140 characters weren't enough. No, that was definitely more he, than 140. He, he typed a whole note and then screenshotted it and yeah. posted it, which we'll come to. Um, and there were also a couple of people that actually took it upon themselves, people that I know that, that are friends of mine that took it upon themselves to, to text me a number of messages venting their frustration at this particular question, which again we'll come to. I, I think the one thing for me, what, what this poll kind of did, and firstly Steve what made you ask it what when, made when, me when ask? we've avoided it for the 10 previous shows or however many we've done together why did you bother to ask that question there was there was some chat about it last week there was some because every now and again it comes up doesn't yeah. it on, on, on Twitter and I I think I, I watched the most recent round of discussions and I, and I started thinking do we need to keep having this discussion every couple of weeks or months do we need to keep going there does does it really need a, a definition and anymore and then i think that the more i thought about it and watching some of the responses come in as well i think in terms of what we've been doing over the first i suppose run of opinions is 
it kind of begins to tie up some of the other shows that we've done. So if, so if you used to take this as a story arc in your favourite American TV show... Oh, it's not just it's, American TV shows that have it. <laughs> Doctor Who has always has a story arc. Well, in, in, in that terms, it, it kind of... For me, this is going to bring together this current story arc that we've been working on. So if, if you go back to, to recent shows, we had the, the show about beers in supermarkets, um, which kind of covered this subject a little bit we had the show about branding where we got into the uh, people trying to deceive people yep. with branding we had the two goose island shows which, yep. which was all about craft beer yep. and its definition and and then we had the show uh from last week in terms of our journey through beer yep. and for me they were kind of all steps on the way to looking back now they're all steps leading up to us having to ask this question of do we need a definition of craft beer yeah i mean i saw sank on um on facebook saying similar about uh, but it was a very i think it was a very camera focused way of looking at craft beer and some of the options that they were putting out there were really trying to lead the conversation as well yeah and you know if you pick up your shout which is the letters page in the uh, in the camera paper You'll always see craft being mentioned, and rarely will craft be mentioned in a good light. It will nearly always be in a negative. And for me, that's probably one of the things. Again, this is all a bit jumbled up with what we're saying, but you know, the word, the term craft beer, they a lot of craft beer purists may not be aiming for a camera market. But the fact that craft beer it has got a title, if not a definition, I think means that you'll struggle for the uh you know you, it's going to be the never the swain shall meet with regard to camera mm -hmm. because you've clearly named it we have cask you have craft and i've been that for me that's a bit as a as a camera member and a real lover and also a good beer lover and a craft beer lover it's a bit of a problem sometimes is it is it a problem that it's been labeled is is is, is that the problem because when I'm sure, sort of like five years ago, when the Colonel started producing beers, they they didn't intend to have their beers referred to as craft beers. They, you know, Evan didn't set up a craft brewery. He just started brewing beers. Yes, yeah. um, I've got no doubt he. You know, if you if you asked him, he as far as he can tell, he make, he he makes good beer. He yeah. makes good beer that he wants to drink. That's it. So so when did it? Uh, when did it become craft? Well, yeah, when did it first get laid? I don't know. I did think about trying to find out, but I, that, that I thought could take me a long time to find out when. Yeah. The, what was the first beer to be called craft? Who was craft? the first person to refer to the term craft exactly. beer on Twitter? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, probably a good time for, to, to throw in some of the comments that, that, that we read. So, you know, you can, you, you can start if you want, Steve. Yeah, so um, let's, let, well, let's start on the, the side of... Um, the popular vote, which which was no, okay. So so, so those uh, a couple of comments from people who, who clearly voted outrightly no on on this one. So Mark at Kel fired. Uh, Mark's becoming a bit of a regular contributor. I seem to be reading his name out every week. Yeah, so. he's, he's had a few. Yeah, him. Um, absolutely not. It's just a throwaway term to use when talking about it with non-beer enthusiasts to get the point across. Now that comes back to the point that you were saying about your weekend in Dublin yeah. with, with your mates. Yeah, I mean, I did, before this poll came out, and, I, and because I was in Dublin, I sort of put all of our, what we were doing tonight to one side, as I was catching up with friends. The, 
I did get asked to define craft more than once. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So, so as um, much as you were trying to say, no, I'm not having anything to do with it. There's a couple of times when I pretended... They just kept dragging you in. To ignore it. Yeah. And then one of them would go, so craft then. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, Can I not just drink my beer? Yeah, let me drink my beer. Let me drink my non- non-craft beer in yeah. peace. Um, and they were generally interested. They were more generally interested. We went to like a couple of the, like the Galway Bay bars. Because then they started to get a nice feel for the bar we were in. A few of them branched out to try some of the, the, the paddles. So they were trying a few different beers. And then it sort of piqued their interest about craft. And again, I, 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 I couldn't give an outright definition. I was using words like innovation. I was using words like, uh, I, I did use the phrase like small batch, brewers who care. But equally, I said some of my favourite beers, which should be classed as craft, at least by me, wouldn't be classed as small batch either. No. That scale doesn't scale doesn't equal bad, and small doesn't equal good. So I I spent the whole time skirting around it and trying to throw various words in there, but they were genuinely interested about how, if you're going to use a word, you couldn't then give it a definition, which I suppose is one thing that going back to what I was saying about camera. They've got a very clear definition of their what real ale is. Yeah, yeah. Real ale, cask, no, you know, secondary fermentation, no interference, mm-hmm. etc. Most people are aware of that one. I couldn't give a similar sort of thing for craft. So that's, I could say what it wasn't. That, that's interesting. So I mean, that lends itself to another of the comments we had. So Mark Bailey at Uproar Thirteen. Um, he was another one that was on the no side, and his response was simply, "No, I know it when I see it." Now, do, do you think that, that that's right? Do, do you know craft beer when you see it? I feel like I do. I feel like when I'm with other beer enthusiasts, we probably wouldn't need to say whether it's craft or not. We'd probably be quite comfortable yeah. acknowledging it and knowing it without implicitly saying it. But again, people outside of this immediate world, they don't know what it is. I mean, that applies to other things. I mean, you've got whiskey distillers now saying they're craft. You've got gin distillers saying they're craft. Oh, everybody's craft. The term craft has started to get used. I mean, yeah. one of the places we were in in Dublin had the word craft and artisan in what, almost one sentence. Unfortunately, the beers weren't brilliant. Yeah. So craft and artisan doesn't equal brilliant. Exactly the same as, you know, big doesn't equal bad in the taste of the beers. Well, that, again, lends itself to a discussion. This, and this one came up on Facebook. So this, this was an unrelated discussion I was having with someone on Facebook. This was um, Philip Kelly said um, he saw an advert around the pitch during the England-Australia Rugby League game that said crafted since 1882. Can't remember whether the brewery was John Smith's or Tetley's, but crafted now means the same as brewed. It's, it's essentially got to a point where it's become nothing more than a marketeer's term for how you produce and package beer? I think for a lot of producers, it probably has been. It's been taken. Yeah. It's, it's been used differently. And the word crafted bothers me more than the word crafted, if I'm being honest. I don't like crafted. Crafted uh, tells me nothing. Uh, crafted, handcrafted, uh, you know, it's just... They're, they're big, just t- big toenail crafted. Yeah, they're cringeworthy words yeah. that have no place on uh, a bottle or a can of yeah, beer. Yeah, I've got a feeling it might be Tetley's, because uh, I think Tetley's do sponsor Rugby League, but I stand to be corrected, because 
rugby league I rarely watch. Yeah. Um, but we all know Tetley's has been around for, for, for donkeys, whether it's, you know, 18, 82 or even longer, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? And in, in, the, in the blog I wrote recently, that was part of my beer journey to tie in with our show. Part of my beer journey was discovering Tetley's on cask over 20 years ago. That beer, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't exist anymore. Well, so, no, yeah, because it's, it's, it's not even produced in it's not even produced in Leeds anymore. It's produced in not Wolverhampton now. I, so I you know, it, well, it's not it's not definitely not Yorkshire. Yeah, and it's definitely not the Tetleys that I remember having in the early ninety, early to mid nineties when I was part of the pub quiz team. So yeah, you're saying it's crafted since, but it's not the same bloody beer. No, it's it's changed. Yeah. So you you just throwing these terms in because, like you say, the marketeers, the advertisers, they've all said. The word craft that, that grabs people's attention. That's that's the word that we need to use because use everybody's it. using it. Yeah. yeah, which is which is interesting because James at Gavin Barron, um, and and this very much links into uh, one of the earlier shows that we've done. Um, if only to avoid crap beer being passed off as such, wince when you look at some supermarket supposed craft sections. Yeah, I mean that does tie into, especially to the supermarket one we did about your brewers either just relabeling some of their beers or coming out with their craft beer brand yeah. when essentially they're just producing more muck. Yeah, absolutely. And passing it off with more money. I mean, apparently, according to something I read recently, one of the studies, if you if you have craft beer being sold, you can it's more usually 90p to a pound a pint premium. Yeah, so you can charge a bit more. You can charge it, more by it, having well. it as craft. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's um, tuck into this wonderfully... Handcrafted artisanal brew from, <laughs> from uh, Nobbies. So this is the uh, American Pale Ale, isn't it? Deliciously indulgent tropical fruit flavours, uh, packed full of hops and tropical fruit flavour. Um, it's a very English it's, it's take an, on it's American an Pale Ale. Yeah. yeah, so it's um, again avoiding a lot of the twigginess that you might expect sometimes with even an English Pale Ale. But five percent, it's quite drinkable. Very drinkable. Very drinkable for what it is. Maybe could do with, for, for my liking, uh, around that, it could maybe do with a little bit more carbonation. A little bit more carbonation, maybe a little, little bit of malt, malt yeah. Uh But yeah, very, very drinkable. I've been, like I said, this is my first experience of them. Bought them at the MK Beer Garden. Nice bottles. What are they, pint bottles? Uh, 500 mil. Okay, so. but they're, they're good but looking. They're that, they're that nice shape. Yeah. They're, Long neck. Um, interesting that obviously we've just been discussing sort of marketing and labelling yeah. and the rest of it. And this is kind of the reason why we chose to have these yeah. beers as part of this week's show. Is is that there's nothing there's nothing about that you wouldn't look at that and think, oh, craft. Um, very almost traditional style labelling. Yeah. On on it, um, but producing styles that, as, as you say, tonight we've done we've featured the best bitter and the American Pale Ale, but we also did the pills yeah. beforehand as well. So very sort of like standard traditional styles but produced in a way that actually it's got there's there's tons of flavour yeah. in there yeah I would say fair, fair, fairly modern takes on all three yeah. styles actually and above all very drinkable yeah ab- absolutely so so in terms of the marketing then we had a we had a few people comment on um, marketing's use yep. of, of craft beer and it, it therefore serving the definition so uh, Gregor at Gregor underscore J underscore uh, said no, uh, another in the no camp. Uh, there's good beer and there's shit beer. Craft is a marketing term that's been adopted by macros. Seba even tried to monetize it. Um, Thomas Marshall at TDTM82. People are confused enough as it is. It's just marketing. And then Cowboy Drinks Craft. Oh, 
at CY oh Cowboy Drinks Craft just look at it look it's him basically up it's phonetically yeah yeah he's, <laughs> he's taken out all of the vowels and, and that really confuses me um, says he guess it depends on if it's being used as a selling point which it is and therefore so it should um, what would what, what, what are your views about craft as as a essentially a marketing tool but I, mean, I guess if you're a small brewer and you are trying to make your way in the marketplace and you do feel you are doing something different to the existing macros the existing family brewers the existing regional brewers there's very few phrases you can use and in a world where you know we have an attention span of about six to ten seconds when we try when people are trying to make an impact i can see why the word craft is being used would we be having this discussion if we didn't feel over the last couple of years it'd start to be overused and macros had start to adopt it, regionals had started to use it, bleeding crafted was starting to be used all over the place. Perhaps we wouldn't have been having the chat because we'd feel that we knew roughly where the craft market mm-hmm. sat. But the same even goes for like, you know, you have you, you have craft beer places and what what sort of beers would they would you expect to see in there? Well, you'd expect to see beers from known craft breweries, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't you? Wouldn't? Yeah, but I mean, Craft Beer Co. has a good range of cask. It does. And they still call themselves craft, and no one says, oh, they shouldn't call themselves craft beer because they've got cask and, in there. And also from breweries that uh, sometimes could be considered as very traditional breweries yeah. as, as, as well. So I, I think it's important to make that distinction. I mean, it's, it's a great point you make there in, in terms of, is the term being overused? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I every, think we, I every, think everybody. We get, I think we probably get a good shout on that one. For yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yes, in America, there's a definition of of craft beer. There is in Ireland as as well. I was chatting to to Wayne about this offline in in the week. And Ireland have a definition which is beer purely based on um, tax purposes as as well. Okay. Um, I didn't I didn't manage to get the link from Wayne in 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 time for the recording, but I'll try and include it in the show notes if I manage to get it. Um, there's been talk of us having a definition over here um, obviously you know the, the American one's an interesting one because part of the definition is on size and the percentage that it's owned by and we covered off a lot of that in the in, in the two goose island yeah. shows that we did as, as well in terms of them still producing craft beer but nobody accepting it as such because of who they're owned by yeah I, I, I'm going to maintain but I don't think you can base it on scale necessarily one way or the other yeah uh, you know it comes back to your handcrafted thing I mean you know there are some craft brewers who the version of handcrafting is they're pressing buttons they've they've made their brewery as automatic as required but might still make great beer yeah so I then say well it's not craft beer I mean for me craft beer is modern so why wouldn't you use modern techniques? It's, you know, using innovation. And ultimately, it's about what ends up in my glass and do I enjoy it as well. And does it... So it doesn't need to come from a craft brewery for you to enjoy it? And is, is that what it boils down to? Is, is the beer in my glass a good beer that I want to drink again? I think ultimately, yes. But we will still... Uh, maybe it's a human thing, I don't know. We always try to put things in boxes. Maybe that's part of it. You know, we can't help ourselves as well. Yeah, we have to. We have to define it. We feel like we should define it. I even had the conversation at the weekend about, well, what's the difference between beer and, and for me, beer is like your, that's your umbrella term. You know, 
then you have your styles. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, I stand to be corrected. You can buy, you can buy one of those mass, massive pictures that's got all the little bubbles yeah. on it that shows you all the different but styles. But it says beer. Yeah, if you want to understand that. Yeah, so beer's, that. Yeah. beer's your umbrella. Yeah. And then you've got all your styles underneath it. Um, or wheels on a spoke and the spoke is in the middle and it comes out. So, you know, it's it's hard because we're always trying to define and redefine and things like that. For me, I don't feel like it needs to be done. I'm fairly certain that it would have helped my conversations at the weekend if I had a definition <laughs> to start with. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think what I, I suppose if if people have got this this far through this week's show, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to burst anybody's bubbles by saying this, but we're not going to be defining this right here no. right now. No, because I'm not prepared for the flack on Friday after release of show. Yeah, yeah the purpose of, of this was simply to ask whether or not there should be a definition. And just just to, just to I suppose, in summary uh, of this week's discussion, um, both Mark Johnson and Pete McCary, who are becoming serial mentions on, on, on this show, have, have recently written um, blogs about this, which they were both very quick to point out as well. Um, much to me yet then using the phrase mention whore uh, or hashtag mention whore for, to, to the pair of them but those those two blogs will be linked through in, in tonight's show notes and again they both made good points they are they, they both make very, very, made good, very points good points on, I mean this isn't a new subject no. is it this is this is one that's been well no I, I mean I got around to watching um, like a five minute five six minute YouTube video that Sarah Finney had done yeah uh, which was off the back of the uh, I think the European Beer Bloggers Conference where I think the similar sort of question was asked, but along the lines of, do we need, yeah, do we need to define craft? And she made the point that generally that didn't, no one came to any general consensus. Again, that I think that's worth a, a little bit of a look. I, yeah. I, I agreed with most of the things she said, to be honest. And it felt very much like that conversation you used to have years ago about your favourite bands when they went from indie to being signed up. Yeah, yeah, which we spoke about. Yeah, and it, that's yeah, what it felt like yeah. to me. And um, again, I couldn't disagree with it. I, I was never one of those ones that said that as soon as they got signed up, they were shit. But It'd I, be what the music sounded like. I, I will still maintain Adnam's Ghost Ship is, is, is one of the best UK power hours out there. Wouldn't disagree with you. Um, and I will quite happily order a pint of that every time I see it. Last week, I had a pint of London Pride in, in the parcel yard. And it tasted absolutely stunning. Um, you can't tell me that that's not crafted. It, it you know it may not be handcrafted at Fuller's anymore, but it's still an incredibly good beer. So th there isn't anything that should set aside good beer, regardless of the size of the brewery that's producing it. Agreed with that. I said uh, I've got no problem using the term craft. I'd, no, ra no, I'd, no, rather, I'd rather I didn't have to if there was some other way of describing it but I would find it then I'd, I'd end up spending a lot of time to write the word craft in a different way so if I was writing a blog and I was trying to say about craft I'd probably just say craft yeah because you know your readership's going to relate to that yes but I, I've noticed in the last year that, that the phrase has started to be used in, in conversations with colleagues at work uh, and we'll, we'll have conversations about oh I went to this place and they had craft beers and it's now becoming almost part of the, the popular language. It's fashionable to be, to be seen to be having craft yeah. beer. Yeah. So just in, in, in summary then, final summary, uh, the final comment that I'm going to uh, make that, that, that came from a, a listener was Miles Lambert. I uh, always like to give Miles a, a mention because he does always take the effort to 
tweet at least four answers to, to every opinion's <laughs> poll. Um, but this was the one that I wanted to pick out the most. So, what purpose does a definitive term serve? It should narrow down some uncertainty for buyers, but it's way too wide a term. And, and I think that probably sums up exactly where both you and I were were, were coming from yep. on, on this one. Um, we should have so, said Miles is one at the start. You lot would have had a lot shorter show to listen to. from there, yeah. <laughs> um, as always, though, make sure if you've still got a view on this particular subject, you can tweet us, use the hashtag opinions, um, and it'll be great to keep that conversation going on Twitter. Now, you've spent the weekend pissing it up in Dublin. Yes. Have you been able to, to find a suitable winner of this week's big box of nothing. I have still done that. Okay. And it's uh it's uh not the first not the first win for this person. Okay. Sparky Wright for his the Lost Abbey picture. Um a very nice one with the cork, uh the beer in the glass, nice little background. Yep. I'll be tweeting that later, but that was definitely the best picture. Okay. I need and I need some different pictures as well. Yeah. Gl- glass and bottle and glass and can. They take different. Try try something. Yeah, and different. not and not the yeah. one in the air either. Please. Yeah. What the can on the side of the yeah. glass? Yeah. 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 No, I I particularly dislike that one. Uh, cue a whole host of pictures on Instagram of cans on the side. Of yeah, glasses. probably. No, no doubt. Um, well, that's almost it for this week. We've got. Make sure to hang around for the end um, and and listen to the interview that I did with the guys from from Hofmeister because it is quite insightful. Uh, it's interesting to see where they come from and and why they chose to re-release the the, the brand. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't because I haven't heard it myself. So yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, so um, it is it is a bit on the longer side of our interviews. It, it runs for about twenty minutes, but as I say, there's a lot of insight in there if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and next week, uh, Opinions is, is taking a break. We're, we're having a week off next week, but there will be a show in its place. Uh, we'll be bringing you the, the second Irish beer report, where we'll be featuring beers from Rascals. The week after, um, Opinions will be back, and we will be featuring the this year's Northern Monk uh, trilogy series. So we'll be featuring Hops, uh, which was brewed with Epic Brewing Co., We'll be featuring Malt, which was a collab with Demolan, and we'll be featuring Yeast, which was a collab with Scar City as well. And all three of those beers are available now, so um, you've got a couple of weeks to get your hands on them to, to drink along with us. Um, so I think without further ado, that's about it for this week. Cheers. Cheers, Steve. We're here at the Piano Bar in High Street, Kensington, and with Spencer and Richard from Hofmeister. Guys, welcome to the show. Um, thanks Thank for much. giving up uh, a few minutes to chat with me about Hofmeister, which my, is uh, being re-released to, to the UK market. Now, uh, a few weeks ago on, on the show, our listeners will know that we did a we did an episode that was around branding, uh, and we built essentially built the whole show around the re-release of this beer um, without actually tasting the beer or, or talking to anybody from behind the beer. Uh, which we thought was probably a little bit unfair, and we thought it was an, a good opportunity to give you guys uh, the, the airwaves to, to talk to our listeners about what, what you've done. So um, I'm going to start off with what, what's probably one of the most obvious questions that I want to get out. On, on the promotional material that, that we got sent through, uh, it states, um, a group of beer-loving British entrepreneurs that believe the time is right to bring back Bavarian Hells to the UK. Um, Beer-loving entrepreneurs, so you're businessmen, basically. We are. Uh, our business that we've been involved with has been, it's always been around alcohol. 
and a lot of the stuff that we've done has actually been beer. So to give you a little bit of our background, Rich and I are directors of, a, of another company now, and okay. directors of a previous company, and one of the things that we did every year, as I'm sure you and your listeners would have seen in the places like Tesco's and Asda, Sainsbury's, Boots, Debenhams, etc., is the was the round the world beer packs. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah I think beers. we've all had one of those at Christmas so, at some point. Yeah, well, yeah. well, you could either thank us or hate us for receiving, because <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> There's been a few occasions where I've kind of wanted to give it back to the person that's given it to me. <laughs> I can't. I can imagine, and you know, but well, Richard and I would have been responsible for designing, developing, making, and ultimately, therefore, sourcing. Yeah. the beers that went into those packs over the years so well well there's been a few interesting beers that we've gone and bought for that project mm-hmm. so uh, one of the one of the, the ones i remember distinctly was zambezi okay and um, this must be going back to i would imagine probably early 2000s um, or even pre just before that yeah and uh, so we brought a 40 foot container of zambezi into the uk and when it turned up nothing was palletized it came out of the container and it was literally in wooden boxes and the packers who had to kind of unpack this were not mm-hmm. particularly happy that there was all this firewood. But the beer was great, it was fantastic. Nobody else had it in the country at the time. Went into one of the packs that went into one of the retailers. And it's that interest and I think excitement about trying new, different beers from all over the place that, yeah. uh, you know, there's been sort of like deep, deep seated within us for a long time. And mm-hmm. to be honest, we pretty much enjoy travelling around the world, sourcing new beers. I, and, I, bet, and, it was, I bet it was a really tough, tough job. Tough yeah. job, exactly. Yeah, to, to, to so to, things like Kilmer's as well, Argentina, yeah. Desperado, we were bringing in before anyone else mm-hmm. had it here. Just interesting beers from around the world, yeah. which would go into uh, go into those round the world beer packs that, that you yeah. see in all the big retailers at pretty much this time of year mm-hmm. now. So... Having done that for all these years, one thing that really struck us, and we've continually gone to Germany, gone to Bavaria in particular, uh, and you know, I think Germany and Bavaria in particular probably had this craft beer revolution like 500 years ago. There's, Germany, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, you know, so many breweries over there that we visited, and yet even us within, although not directly in the beer industry, but attached to the beer industry, and certainly all of our friends and people we knew, if you ask them. Name me a Bavarian beer brand. Yeah, you can't, can you? Yeah. A lot of yeah. people would struggle, but yeah, I think, you know, we all know Bavaria makes great lager, makes great beer. Mm-hmm. There's uh, one of the statistics that we saw was when the Olympics were in London, it brought just under 700,000 tourists to the UK uh, for the world's biggest sporting event that happens every four years. However, the Oktoberfest that happens every year in Bavaria over six million mm. people go every year to the Oktoberfest, so that's how much people love Bavarian yeah. lager. But yet, to drink Hellas lager. To drink Hellas lager. Yeah. Um, but yet, you know, we couldn't, and not very many other people could name you. You know, name us the brand that represents yeah. great Bavarian beer. So that's actually where we started from. Was we thought there is a gap, just no one is servicing this this gap in the market. So we started there. So actually, the brand came second. Okay. It was, it was, it was. We think there's a gap in the market for the, for what we believe is just fabulous beer. Mm-hmm. No one's doing it and doing it properly. And then we thought, do you know what? There's a really, really big, famous brand, <laughs> which everyone knows uh, of a certain age. It tends to be about 35, 36 and above. So everyone knows in the UK. Uh, and funnily enough, 
it's you know it's icon George from the very first advert. He comes out of a Bavarian forest. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> the the brand was a, we felt we loved the brand. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's why we bought it. Um, but we just thought that it suits the gap in the market. So you know it's something that people can 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 recognise. We thought there is so going there's going to be some historical affection, a love and interest in that brand. But we can maybe now give uh, give people the beer that Hofmeister should have been the first time around. It's interesting that you talk about statistics there because um, when, when we did a poll with our listeners, 38% of our listeners um, had no idea about the Hofmeister brand. They didn't, they didn't realise it was something before, they, that they didn't understand the relevance of it coming back. Um, so why, why the decision to, to go for essentially a defunct 80s really bad beer brand as, as your kind of flagship for this new beer? Well, I think Hofmeister back in the day was standard. It was similar to every other lager at the time. Yeah. And um, obviously rocketed in um, popularity due to the adverts. And yeah, it, it, it went away 13 years in hibernation. But I think that just the fact that whenever we spoke to anybody about the possibility of this, two things happened. One, there was a huge smile, so there was obviously affection. Mm. And then secondly, most people said, follow the bear. And so, looking at it, I suppose, from a, um, almost a business perspective, if you've got that level of recognition, and you can combine that with a really genuinely very, very well-made, fantastic quality product, you've got a fighting chance of actually getting some airtime and actually being yeah. able to talk to people about the product. And when we decided to do this, the most important thing for us was to make sure that the product, the beer itself, was the best we could possibly get. So, yes, completely different to... Uh, the original iteration, um, but something which is much, much more relevant for, for today's drinkers. And with luck, people who are below 35, 36 will actually see it, like the look of it, taste it, and actually think, yeah, this is a great beer, mm-hmm. and, and buy it for what it is now, yeah. as opposed to any hangover uh, from what it was um, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Because the, the beer itself is brewed by a traditional Bavarian brewery that, that, that brewed the beer you and, and yeah, then, it's, absolutely. then it's packaged as, as Hofmeister why not just put it out under that brewery's name I think that the um, the fact is that we love the brand okay so um, the brand to us makes perfect sense and um, the affection is, is wonderful so when we went to Bavaria we had a very very difficult time um, zigzagging across the, uh, the state um, finding a brewery to, uh, to brew the, the correct beer for mm-hmm. us um, and, yeah, Again, another at, really tough job having to go awful. to lots of breweries <laughs> and, and try lots of different beers. Absolutely yeah. horrendous. <laughs> but when you look at their packaging, then it's very kind of Hansel and Gretel in terms of the way they're, they're, they're presented mm-hmm. and not really correct for you know, what people are looking to, to buy into in, in the UK. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a reason that no one can name a Bavarian beer brand, or very few people yeah. can, because they haven't appealed. That those brands haven't cut through in the UK market. Mm-hmm. So... For us, it was important to firstly just find the best brewery that we could, uh, and that was, you know, first just from a quality of beer that they could make from its point of view. And with this, there, uh, the guys there, their breweries on just on the edge of the Ebersberger Forest. Their own, they've got their own water source, which is mineral water. So whatever they don't don't make into beer gets bottled and sold as mineral water mm-hmm. right there. So the raw ingredients are just fabulous. It's locally sourced. They're barley. Uh, they're one of a handful of Bavarian breweries who've got their own malt house 
uh, do their own malting still, uh, local Halatau hops. So they had everything there in terms of capability to work with us and make us a fantastic Hellas lager for us to bring back as Hofmeister. But they also had you know, some capacity that we can tap straight into. So there was, there was a number of things that went into that decision. Um, and I think just to echo what Richard was saying, you know, we've tried to approach Hofmeister as, let's design this and make this as if we were making it from afresh. But the fact that there is residual affection, love, maybe interest from people probably 35 years and above, we believe definitely gives us an advantage. I think in your, your poll that you did, 20% or however many it was said they'd have they'd want to try it again yeah which for a new beer launching in the market to have 20% of a beer drinking population saying we'll take that straight away you know if 20% of the beer drinkers out there will try it give us a try yeah that's that's a fantastic so result is it is, is the beer obviously beers produced in Bavaria hmm. packaged there and, and then bought to the UK or no. transported to the UK and packaged here transported to the UK in tankers and then packaged for us by a uh, masters okay up at um, Burton upon Trent if um, I can just say, I think one of our best moments of both of our lives has been our first tanker leaving Bavaria. <laughs> and as they were filling it, them tapping off a pint of our own lager from oh, that lovely. tanker uh, yeah. and giving it to us before at, it's... At 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 o'clock. It doesn't yeah. matter the time, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so are you tapping into to, to Marsden's distribution network then as well? We're right. using them We're using them to, obviously, expertise at bottling yeah. um, and kegging when we come onto kegs. And they did it for an awful lot of, um, of small brewers medium-sized brewers up and down the country um, and also their storage facilities and then their ability to do you know day one for day three deliveries to almost nationwide mm -hmm. um, so yes in effect we've kind of got a wonderful brewing partner and we've got a fantastic um, facilitation partner um, yeah. and so our job um, is to um, is to promote the beer mm -hmm. and to generate sales um, so yeah I think working with guys like that makes our job I think much easier in terms of the fact we can rely on their expertise and knowledge um, to, to deliver a fantastic product to um, to wholesale and then um, mm -hmm. end retail outlets. And, and having the ability to work with the, the brewery in Bavaria, does, does that give you the potential down the line to have a range of Hofmeister lagers? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the brewery we uh, we work with are extremely good at producing wheat beer. Okay. And they've, made, they've won some, uh, um, some taste awards in Germany for their wheat beer, three more than actually for their, their Hellas. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd love to, in the future, be able to extend the family out um, to, uh, to have other, other expressions so that other people in the yeah. UK can express or to, you know, can drink um, different styles of Hofmeister. Mm -hmm. George's <laughs> relatives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Almost want to see George come back. Almost. Um, He's on the label. <laughs> I, I do actually owe George. Really? So the original, we should have bought the jacket along. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, who are you aiming the beer at in, in, in the UK? Is it just is it is it just the casual drinker? Is it is it is it people that are really into their beer? Is it a bit of both? Where, where are you pitching it? It's kind of a bit of both. We've sort of said this is like an every man's beer. Um, I mean, it's, it's wonderful quality. So somebody who really appreciates and wants to you know sniff out interesting new different beers which have got provenance and, and superb quality. Um, we'll, we'll get something from drinking this. Um, other people who maybe remember the brand from back in the day, who want to drink something which is refreshing and um, it's not too gassy, it's not overly hot, um, lovely, lovely drink. Um, it fits them as well. And um, and then people who who want to explore something new. So we're not specifically saying we're you know we're going for this particular sector. I think where it's pitched and um, just the simple kind of economics of it 
will be that uh, probably our main um, end consumer will be probably the kind of like 35 plus um, kind of type of person. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's a beer for everybody to enjoy whenever. And in, in the UK, we've not got that many Hellas beers. There's, there's, there's probably one that everybody will instantly think of. So, so where, where do you see this sitting in the market? Do you, do you think people are going to go for it because of the style? Are people going to go for it because of the, 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 the you know, that link to George? Are, are they going to go for the labelling? What is it that's going to attract people to, to, to your beer uh, over what is now essentially a very crowded marketplace? I think we're, we're, we are exactly that. We're another style of beer. We're, we're Hellas Lager, we're, we're as good as Hellas Lager as we personally tasted and the, you know, the plaudits and the, that we've been given by the bureaucracy, if you like, on the taste and the quality of our, our Hellas Lager has been, we've been blown away by, by what people have said about it. So we're, we believe, you know, there, there is a place in the market mm -hmm. for fabulous Hellas Lager just as there is for fabulous Pilsers, for fabulous IPAs. Uh, for all for all these other style, styles of beer, so we're a, just a different taste and a different option for people. Okay, um, and it's at the moment it's still fairly new to the market. It's it's only recently just been released. Um, in terms of availability moving forwards, um, obviously you've linked up with Marsden's to get the, the beer out there. But are, are we expecting supermarkets, chains? Where where are we going to be? Seeing Hofmeister, um, our initial initial push is um, is basically on trade um, through a network of regional wholesalers. That's the starting point. Um, we're steering away from supermarkets for the foreseeable future. Um, we spent a lot of time dealing with the likes of Asda, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, and yet they drive, you know they drive huge volumes, but um, they also drive prices right down. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and it's not it's not right for the brand as far as we're concerned yet. Um, that might come in five years' time, who knows? Um, but to begin with, we want to be able to deliver the brand, um, the right quality of product into the right, um, the right environments for people to, uh, to be able to enjoy. Um, as we grow, then um, more and more availability will come through. Uh, but I think that supermarket sector is, um, is not quite on the, on the horizon yet. And, yeah. Yeah, and we're not making an industrial quantities, but no, no. You know, we are... What sort of quantities are, are being produced? Uh, well, we just well. We, so first, of all, we're, we're a fourth generation privately owned uh, Bavarian brewery. Mm -hmm. So there are it's not an industrial scale yeah. uh, brewery by any manner of means. So you know, t for the right way for us to expand and grow is beyond trade, which we can support and we can we can support those volumes. Uh, in terms of volumes, it's difficult to say. I mean, that will that will depend on how quickly distribution grows out there. Uh, but we. The brewery partner we've got will support and can manage uh, a reasonable nationwide launch mm -hmm. should it go that far that yeah. quickly uh, but our expectations and the way we're building it is is slowly slowly you know we're okay it's a huge big brand but we're we are you know we are launching this as a as a, a soft launch effectively yeah. and a startup into the market yeah, we've seen people you know make comments on twitter and various things saying you know, jump on the bandwagon. There's a load of part of cash we're making craft, and that's not what we're doing this for. This is um, this is something that we passionately believe in because number one, it is fun. <laughs> it yeah. really is fun. And um, if you can't have some fun with Hofmeister, what can you have fun? I must admit, when, when I first saw the story, my eyes rolled. I, I, I've got to admit that I was like, yeah. really? Why? Why would you? 
why would you do that? Um, but then actually chatting to you guys this evening, you know, reading up on, on, on what you've done, tasting the beer as, uh, as well, it begins to, you know, shift that perception a little bit because actually what, what's, what's come across is you, you guys are incredibly passionate about this. You know, you've had a real tough time going around and having to try like loads of beers awful, to, awful. To, to find find the right one. Um, and, and what you've come out with is, is a product that, that looks good. Um, it, it tastes pretty good uh, yeah. as well. And that actually you guys are genuinely excited to get out there to, to the drinking public. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it'll make people smile. It makes us smile. <laughs> you know, that's it. It's not. It can't, it can't not. Exactly. Can't, can't exactly. Yeah. So if you can give someone a good beer and make them smile, you're not doing a bad thing at yeah. so, so, so what's, obviously, what's, what's next for you guys? You're going to start rolling the beer out nationwide? Yeah, yeah, we've got um, um, so our kind of patchwork quilt of, of regional wholesalers yeah. covers from kind of John O'Groves up to Scottish Borders um, without any problem at all, and um, and then it's 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 literally we need um, we need adoption um, of the product and by um, pubs and bars and, mm -hmm. and off uh, on trade retail outlets um, nationwide. Um, so that's what we're focusing on the next you know next few months, yep. growing the distribution and and being. I mean, it's a tough life for us, but we have to be. The ambassadors for this product, and we have to talk at length to people about how wonderful it yeah. is. And, and, and be out there selling. We'll be exactly. knocking on. We, you know, we will have feet on the ground from a couple of weeks' time, mm -hmm. um, going around knocking on doors, and we'll be part of those feet on the ground. You know, we we love it. We're involved in it. We're you know we're passionate to get it yeah. out there. Um, you know, where we are sitting now happens to be one of my local watering holes, and I have to say, you know, I'm very proud. To be able to come into my local place and order a order a bottle uh, yeah, of my own drink, yeah, it's, a, it's a lovely thing, and you know we want to see other people yeah. enjoying it up and down the country. And, and so we, we might see a range of other Hofmeister beers as, as well. Um, any other cheeky little eighties brands that you guys are going to buy and, and, and re-release to the masses as well? Well, we, we've got our thinking caps. Oh, there's there's some, there's some <laughs> wry smiles there. <laughs> Um, okay, just just to finish then, um, if people want to know more uh, about it, where, where can they find out more about Hofmeister right now? George, email us, george at hofmeister.co.uk. Okay. Go uh, to visit, visit the website, yeah. www.hofmeister.co.uk. And you're on Twitter and Facebook as well, and on Twitter. social on platforms, Twitter. I imagine. Yeah, not Facebook as yet, but we're, we're, we're on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, watch the space for Facebook, be long, but yeah. Email george at hofmeister.co.uk or www.hofmeister.co.uk. UK. We look forward to hearing from everyone. Okay, brilliant. Well, listen, guys, thanks for your time. Okay. Really appreciate it. And um, cheers. Cheers. Thanks cheers. for having Life in the Bavarian forest was boring. The big event was me and Ronnie Rabbit watching a leaf fall down. A leaf? I saw a leaf! Hey. Then one day I discovered Hofmeister Lager with a picture of my grandpa on it.